Harrison Agents. To buy, sell or rent in Tasmania, search Harrison Agents today. Breakfast with Tim Payne and Brent Costello. Seventeen minutes past seven o'clock. SEN Tassie breakfast for a Monday morning. Tim, we often say Scott Roth is the most important man in Tasmania. We've got the second most important man in the studio with us this well, morning. You often say third after yourself. Oh, well, actually, <laughs> must be. Well, you must be in there too. We do Four, more public speaking than the premier. To the, be fair, yeah. Well, the fourth most important person in Tasmania, <laughs> Jeremy Rockliffe, the premier, is in the studio this morning. Good morning, premier. Good morning, Brett. Good morning, Tim. And happy with fourth, particularly behind Scott Roth. <laughs> <laughs> He's a man about town, there's no doubt about that. Indeed. All right, let's get straight down to business, Premier, because uh, you've got a busy morning ahead, so we'll try not to keep you too long. But the Mac Point Draft Precinct Plan released yesterday, of course. What's the initial reception to that been like? Are you confident you've addressed some of the frequent concerns we've heard over the journey? Look, it's a fantastic uh, plan for what is a great urban re- renewal opportunity. Yes, the stadium's a centrepiece of that, but uh, what it highlights is the fact that there is a place for all people to gather our visitors, our international guests, uh, hospitality venues, sporting precincts, art, culture, and of course, uh, importantly, uh, informed by a culturally uh, sensitive, uh, recognising our First Nations people park as well. So uh, it's really, it's uh, something for everyone and the reception so far has been relatively positive, I have to say, but also thank you to all the people that all those submissions in 2000 submissions um, there's a lot of uh, forums and meetings around to gather uh, people's information as well and and ideas and this is a draft plan so people can uh, continue to provide that feedback yeah in, in terms of the transport around we saw there's some bike biking stuff some bus stops is is there a grand plan to go beyond that once the stadium is complete in terms of ferry services or uh, the light rails all that sort of stuff that's been spoken about is it a concern that getting people in and out yeah, look, that's a great question, and really this is around the design of a, the bigger picture as well. Yep. So the Greater Hobart Transport Plan will be releasing shortly, and that will highlight, as you say, that investment in the ferry network, uh, the road network as well, but also the fact how important that uh, public transport is, and that northern suburbs uh, transit corridor, of course, so important for that as well, uh, that rapid bus transit opportunity bus transport so people often talk about car spaces in and around um, the Macquarie Point precinct. Uh, This is actually about um, enhancing our public transport opportunities so people can come from elsewhere, uh, enjoy um, without getting that congestion in the car parking and then just go back to their homes and Well we spoke uh, about that a few times didn't we? I'm not sure how many people drive in and out of the MCG when there's 100,000 there. Exactly. Car parking's not high on the priority I would have mm. thought. And the yeah. car park's often closed because of the weather anyway. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and look at the challenges we've had with Bell Reeve and people often say look let's upgrade Bell Reeve and the like. Uh, not appropriate um, yep. a venue for what we want and of course traffic is a huge problem there as well. Absolutely. This got my attention last night Premier you posted on social media that you're going to build Mac Point in a way that it can grow as we grow as a, a team and a club and, and what and our needs basis I suppose. That means there'll be space and infrastructure in place so we can upgrade capacity to 40,000 in future years if we need it. That was your quote on social media. Where's this leave the roof? Now, with this new information about potential increase in size, is the roof, I know the AFL's been adamant about it, but I've had my doubts all this way along. I'm on the record since March saying I'm not sure if it's going to be there. Are you 
guaranteeing there's still going to be a roof there with this capacity increase down the track potentially. Well, so what the, it highlights um, in that post is that uh, often there's discussion around, you know, is there enough room for the stadium? And yes, there is, clearly. There's enough room for a 23,000 seat capacity, uh, 40,000 seat capacity, and it all really depends on the design. And we are committed to a roof, Brent, absolutely. And uh, we want this venue to be uh, multi-purpose as much as possible, of course. And uh, within the AFL agreement, it provides for a roof, and we're committed to the roof. So how does that work for capacity down the track? If it's a, a fixed perspex roof, it's a simple case of ripping that off, is it, and building it higher? or That'll all be in the design. I'm not an engineer. Um, there are <laughs> fantastic engineers that will be doing all that expertise, of course, and uh, look forward to that. And people often talk about the design of uh, the stadium, and that'll be taking place over the course of the next 12 months, of course. What you see in the master plan as we produced uh, just yesterday, and that urban renewal uh, precinct plan um, is still not the actual design of the stadium. The design of the stadium will come over the course of the next uh, 12 months, and then it's a great opportunity as well. And I want to ensure that the whole Macquarie Point precinct, uh, with all its hospitality venues, um, with all the opportunity, of course, of a culturally informed park, with all the opportunity course of the housing uh, as well uh, to be truly iconic uh, embrace our waterfront Antarctic precinct as well uh, this is a huge opportunity for this precinct uh, including the stadium to be truly uh, Tasmanian yeah and we, and we know it is a, it is a precinct but nailing down this is a sports radio show so we want to know our <laughs> listeners want to know when is when are we expected to break ground on the stadium itself because obviously 2028 is the entry date to the AFL so we we need to get that moving Absolutely we do. And so we're into the Parliament this week. Uh, we'll table an order to the Parliament to get the planning process underway with a project of state significance uh, legislation, of course. Uh, hopefully that'll go through uh, the Parliament. I'm expecting support from our opposition, um, given they supported the amendment to the bill more recently. And then we can start that planning process, uh, Tim, uh, which is that economic social and environmental look at uh, the, the stadium and hopefully uh, we'll break ground in the not too distant future. That'll probably be a 12-month process. Yep. So is 2028 realistic for the team to come in, Premier? Obviously we can play at Utahs and, and Blunston for a year, I think the, the contract says, before we need to be in the stadium. But do you see that timeline pushing out? Uh, no, 2028, very committed to that. You've got uh, the new chairman, um, chairperson, uh, Grant O'Brien, the new board, established, fantastic board, reflective of Tasmania, truly Tasmanian in many respects with all those connections. Uh, they've hit the ground running and uh, their focus is that team hitting the ground in 2028, stadium or not. So we have U we have UTAS, of course, that wonderful facility at York Park. Uh, we've got Bell Reeve. Uh, we can make it happen and we will. Is the fact that it's a minority government a, an issue with getting that across the line, do you think? Are you still confident that you can get deliv deliver it? Yes, uh, very confident because the more and more we speak about this, the more excited people get about the footy team, uh, the more excited you know the young kids get, the parents get, um, the momentum's building. Yep. And I can really sense that now. It's been a hard road to hoe, if I can use that farming <laughs> analogy. Uh, but it's uh, one that's well and truly worth it. And so the parliament uh, will have to step back and really think about, you know, are, is the parliament going to play politics and deny decades-old dream and the economic opportunity, uh, or are they going to embrace the opportunity and provide ideas uh, to make it better? And so I'm confident, despite the fact that... Uh, 
the minority government situation. We're still going to get through this the upper house as well, of course. So um, there's a fair bit to go through, but I'm very confident. Yeah. Premier Jeremy Rockliffe is our guest on SEN Tassie Breakfast this morning. A couple of listener questions, Premier, for you. Tommy C asks, if your government wins a majority in the 2025 or earlier election, can you move the stadium back to major projects? Well, I what we're committed to is the parliament this week and the project of state significance which is a good opportunity as well because you can uh, look at all those environmental social and economic aspects of the project and make some trade-offs in that respect so the project of state significance uh, planning process will and can deliver uh, the stadium so i'm committed to that uh, and and seeing that through uh, a quick one on the high performance setup where's that at at the moment uh, well, that's a fantastic opportunity because we've got people actually embracing that yeah. and wanting uh, to be part of it yeah. uh, within their municipality. And so uh, that's going through uh, that process now of uh, consultation in terms of uh, getting feedback from the communities that would like to have that opportunity. It's a $70 million um, infrastructure as well, which is terribly exciting and, um, and a community facility at that. So wherever that lands... Uh, that will be very exciting for the local communities because they'll be able to embrace that and utilise those facilities as well. Yeah, and we had Tony Pinata on last week, wasn't it? We mm. spoke to him the same thing about the, he wants a soccer one, he's after a, a stadium, so there's lots going on. But is there any, do you see the day where we, we can put sort of like a high-performance centre for a number of sports together like they have in, um, Melbourne, in Melbourne at Olympic Park there? Look, uh, these days it's important that we utilise our resources as most effectively as possible yeah. and uh, multi-use resources and multi-use purpose uh, facilities as much as possible. And so any opportunity we get to you know, bring together um, sporting codes as much as possible uh, is an opportunity that we can't deny. Yeah. Did you find it bizarre the Hobart City Council was so against the High Performance Centre being in there? community I suppose given they hadn't seen a design it's going to not cost them a cent it's going to bring all this you know revenue and potentially into the into their community did it sit bizarrely for you it did and I think I, perhaps I used those words too Brent and uh, I just find it you know incredulous if I can use that word uh, that people would say no instantly uh, without having a greater look into hold on how could this work here is it possible um, this is a good opportunity for our community and more broadly and, you know, I've been very critical of the, the no brigade um, in more recent years where people just, you know, look for things to say no to effectively. And um, that doesn't provide aspiration. That doesn't support our economy. That doesn't support the aspiration of our kids uh, either. And so I did find that strange, um, but I was equally heartened by other municipalities uh, that came on board and said, hold on, uh, we'll put our hand up for this. Yeah, can't understand why you wouldn't want it. I've got another listener question. This is from JD Wayne. Why can't the Libs build dedicated facilities for grassroots sports? Sports can't grow uh, time sharing with others. Meanwhile, elite sports facilities consume funds previously earmarked for kids, example being the deck for the JJs and no community courts, which I believe is coming. Absolutely, and um, you know the Jack Jump is a great example. And thanks very much for the question because it's a good one and one of the challenges that uh, we've got right now. And Nick Street's got um, uh, indeed, uh, and his um, his responsibilities as well. Of course, he said many times, and that is the Jack Jumpers have provided that grass that grassroots 
um, momentum, if you like. So we've got more kids uh, wanting to you know, put down the mobile phones and bounce the basketball across the court. And we need more courts. Um, and that's what we're doing. And um, courts in Launceston, of course, um, coming along line as well with the northern suburbs development. Uh, but also there's been an enormous amount of investment uh, when it comes to uh, particularly upgrading change rooms and sporting facilities, ensure that we have provide for both boys and girls, men and women as well, and le levelling of the playing field. And as we work around the state, uh, we need to upgrade those grassroots facilities. Uh, we accept that, we are, uh, and we'll continue to do that. Well, why is it a challenge, Premier? Because I, I remember covering this story back in 2010, I reckon, when David Bartlett was Premier, we were talking about Cosgrove High and doing that up for basketball. You go to Elfin or Rain or Clarence or Moona, they're, they're the same as when I was playing 20 years ago. That's no joke. It feels like a time warp when you go in there. Why has it been such an issue? I went to Melbourne on the weekend, watched my nephew play. Beautiful, brand-new 12-court facility. They're pretty much dotted in suburbs everywhere over there. Why has it been a challenge for us to get proper basketball facilities for so long? Well, uh, that's a very good question. And what the Jack Jumpers has highlighted is the fact that, um, you know, we've been caught, really, by the massive momentum of uh, that opportunity and... Uh, the enthusiasm of our kids. Now, if I go to the northwest coast, of course, um, uh, where I live, uh, we've got you know pretty good facilities uh, all the way up the northwest coast. We love our basketball uh, up there, uh, but we need to acknowledge the fact that we've got a growing sport there as well and uh, improve those facilities, and we are, and absolutely have to do that. Another question in here, Premier. When is he going to release all the costings for his his proposed stadium, <laughs> including all the opportunity costs? She's been out to the site of the drilling. This is of, Suzanne Cass. Is sorry, yeah, of the 20-metre pylon into a rock base. What has been spent to date? Who is paying the expensive in terms of board the and the wages of our sole employer, who I imagine is Jack Rewalt? <laughs> oh, right, well, of the club. Well, of course, we've had the uh, budget process um, this year in May um, that was setting up the initial costs of um, the AFL uh, Tasmanian team, including uh, the, the board and uh, all the associated costs, of course, uh, an investment by um, the Tasmanian uh, government. But what we need to also remember is the investment that's going to come with our investment. So we're contributing uh, $12 million a year for 12 um, years, of course. It's part of the agreement, including the capital of the stadium and including um, the High Performance Centre. The AFL are putting in $360 million. Uh, we've got $240 million from the federal government from the Macquarie Point. We've got, we've got $65 million uh, from uh, the federal government, of course, uh, for to match our commitment to York Park. So this is over a half a billion dollars coming because of uh, this opportunity. Uh, but the economics... Uh, the social, again, the environmental will all be taken care of in the planning process. We could sit here and talk about this all day, Premier. There's so much we could unpack with you, but you've got a busy morning, busy week ahead too with, with Parliament returning tomorrow. Thanks so much for coming in this morning and answering our questions, and we look forward to doing it again down the track. Look forward to that. Thanks very much, Tim, and thanks, Brent. Cheers. Premier Jeremy Rockcliffe here in the studio. We're off to news, sport and weather, and coming back with more next here on SEN Tassie Breakfast.